Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview coming to you live here from the Valley on your Thursday evening. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here in SC7 is Mr. Lewis Cat. How you doing, Lewis? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Have you had a good week? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Missing the football, obviously. Can't wait to get back up yeah. to Wigan. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Living the absolute dream, as Nathan would say, getting to That's go it, to the mate. Northwest yeah. to watch them addicts. Uh, so, on tonight's show, we'll be uh, hearing from Lee Bowyer. Uh, of course, ahead of the game against Wigan, he's going to talk about how important it is that we bounce back from our first defeat uh, of the season against Birmingham here uh, last week. He'll also update us on the injury situation. A couple of players have picked up knots this week, and of course, we're trying to find out if we can get any more details on the situation with uh, Lyle Taylor. Um, we know we know we're going to be without Taylor, so Bayer again, he's sort of talking about how he thinks we'll be able to get on without him because obviously. Uh, coinciding with losing him last week it was also the first time we didn't score in a game so we'll talk about that uh, talk about a couple of other things that have been going on this week and then we'll start to turn our attention to uh, Saturday's trip up to the DW Stadium we're going to hear from Alex Serwa he's a Wigan fan uh, tells us about their start to the campaign and then Bayer will preview the game himself so uh, Lewis uh, as we know we did finally uh, lose a game unfortunately on Saturday the dream came to an end of an un- undefeated <laughs> season um, and you know it's something we're not really used to. So now we've got to think about how we're going to sort of bounce back, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I must say I was quite surprised of how gutted I felt at the end of the game on Saturday. <laughs> I felt like felt like the world had ended and, and we were getting relegated or whatever. So it shows just how long it's been since we have lost, you know, and that and that feeling is something that we're not used to. It's going to be a real test now for, for the boys to see how they react to that and bounce back now, especially after promotion. We know that the... The league is more difficult. We're going to come up against tougher opposition and we're going to have these these dogged away days up at places like Wigan that are going to be a real test for us. So Wigan, in terms of form, don't haven't looked that great so far. So maybe it's quite a good opportunity for us to, to get our heads together and bounce back and get back to winning ways uh, as soon as possible. Yeah, so Lee Bayer was asked about that in press day today, um, how important it is that we bounce back. And he, he admitted that he's actually still smarting uh, over last week's home defeat against Birmingham. The way we lost disappointed me and where we lost disappointed me. I didn't want to lose at home. I, I just wanted to keep that run going for another season. Um, obviously it's going to be tough. Every game is tough. I thought we created enough chances not to lose the game for sure. And maybe win it on another day we'd probably win that game. But to, to lose it was disappointing and uh, Especially the way it happened is in their right back received it in, in his own half and then went past three of that players. So that never happens. Um, it was too easy the, the, the way that happened. So that's the only disappointment that I had from the whole game was that, the, the way they scored. Um, because I thought it was a good test for our back four especially. They put a lot of balls into our box, a lot of long throws, 
and we had to. They've got good players up top. I think their striker is very good, and I knew he was going to cause us problems. And um, I thought we looked after him very well at the back. So to concede the way we did is not what we've we ain't conceded all like that for a very long time. So uh, that was my my only disappointment. But like I said, I thought we we done enough to get something out of the game. And obviously the mood was so so good going into international break, and as you come back in a defeat, how is the mood now that you've suffered your first defeat? And or how do you get the best back? Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. We're gonna lose games. I know that. Players know that. It's just how you lose it. If they hadn't competed or, or given a hundred percent, then your mood changes. My mood changes. But that's not the what. That's not the case. Um, they lost one nil and created chances. So if we'd have lost one nil and not really created anything and, and getting battered and couldn't get out of our half. And it's something you, you, you got to look at, but that didn't happen. And our attitude was right on the day. Everything was right, apart from we just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. And so there's there's no negativity here. The, the lads are still in a good place. Um, like I said, on another day we could have won that game. So we're going to go to Wigan and, and try and win and, and, and play the best we can. So yeah. Nothing's changed here. We're, we're still third in the league, so there's, there's, we're 39 games to go. So we can't get too disappointed. Okay, we lost. We was disappointed. All of us was because I can't remember the last time we lost a league game. So I said to him Monday morning, I said uh, it hurt because uh, we haven't felt that for a long, long, long time. So make sure it don't happen again the weekend. There we go, Lee Bayer sort of talking about how, you know, it's been that long since we lost. We were just saying it was the Oxford game uh, on the, on Good Friday, wasn't it? Ben Perrington had to miss it, didn't he? Because he had an upset stomach. <laughs> but um, he, uh, you know, that, that was the last time we lost. It, it, it feels like so long ago because it was so long ago. And now it's, it is an unusual feeling. But Bowie is saying he's he's going to ensure that the reaction in the camp is no differently to how it would have been if we if we'd gone and beaten Birmingham last week. Yeah, and it has to be that mentality. I mean, we're so used to to going out and winning games, and and the fact that we've we've lost the one we know we know that we were going to lose at some point. There was, you know, I think we've we were pretty we had our hearts set on an unbeaten season, but unfortunately, it's not to be. So <laughs> we've had to adapt now, but. It is what it is. When you look at the season on paper, as you know, the start as a whole has been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So it's a real test now. Um, we're going to bounce. Can we bounce back? I, I think we can. So uh, it, yeah, it'll be a stern test for the for the boys. And you know, Bose is the, is the right person to motivate a, big, a group of players, isn't he? So yeah. I think I think we'll be all right up there, definitely. Yeah, that, that, all that talk about the unbeaten season that was back in the Aldi cider days, wasn't it? We yeah, it was. Know, yeah, we too much we Aldi cider. Yeah. Uh, as a reaction for the team, I mean, Bayer talks about the manner of the defeat against Birmingham as well. Um, and there were frustrations that at times we looked a little bit blunt up top. But we did, in the first half, create some half chances. In the second half, created two pretty good chances that Lee Camp made saves from. And and you will take from that the fact that we weren't we weren't battered 4-0 or something like that. And, we um, and uh, you know, it, it wasn't like Blackburn, uh, Birmingham completely stopped, stopped us creating any chances. We, we did find some chances even without Lyle Taylor on the pitch and, and that's that, that's got to be something to cling on to yeah and that, and that's key because we know now that you know we'll come on to it again later but we know that we, we'll be without Lyle Taylor for a little while now so we're going to have to 
be able to do the business without him. That's that's the long and short of it. And Hamed has has come in and he's he's lacked a bit of fitness, but he's coming in into the fold now. He's got to he's got to sort of prove himself and, and make a name for himself in that eleven. And we're, we're judging the guy on one week's performance. Maybe last week he didn't he didn't do everything we asked. You know, we thought of him. Maybe we thought he could have done a bit better, but that just comes with time. And he's he's getting into a new side, and it's going to take a little while to adapt. And obviously you've got Leko in there as well, who's has impressed me so far, but maybe was just a little bit off it on, on Saturday. I think he, a couple of his decisions were a little bit a bit off, maybe took one too many touches or tried taking on one too many men. But that's the sort of player he is. He's unpredictable and he's a raw, you know, he's raw, which is what Boya brought him into the club for. So it's all it's it's hardly doom and gloom at the moment. We've we've lost one game and mm. we are gonna have to adapt without Lyle Taylor. That's there's no question of that. But we we brought in reinforcements for that exact reason. You know, a couple of weeks ago, it looked like we might have lost Lyle Taylor completely. So he's still in and around the club. It's, so that that's a bonus. Um, and we've got the strikers there. It's, t- it's their turn to step up. Chucks as well. I think when he came on uh, against Birmingham, didn't didn't overly impress, but he did get into good positions. And he has got that that ability to shake off a defender and and beat people on the turn. So. There's there's positives up there, and and I think that we we're still capable of scoring the goals because we're so creative. Yeah, and we're interested to know who you would like to see playing up front on on Saturday up at Wigan. Yeah, a few people have tweeted in already, which we'll come to uh, slightly later on in the show. But if you want to tweet us at Charlton Live, let us know who would you play up front, what formation would would, would you tweak things uh, as well. We'd be we'd be interested to know. Now, obviously, just looking at the fixture list that's coming up. I mean, after this Wigan game, we've got two very difficult games here at home. Uh, in Leeds and Swansea, uh, you know, I'm not saying that Wigan's going to be a walk in the park at all, but I mean, they they are two games where we are going to be really tested, which sort of does add a little bit of pressure for Saturday. I think if we can just get get a result, keep that little bit of a buffer, and you know, keep keep above the points total we were expecting to go to go for this season, that that does add a little bit of extra spice to the occasion on Saturday. Yeah, exactly, and it's like you say about getting back into that winning mentality ahead of some tough fixtures that we're going to face you know Leeds Leeds we know is going to be a tough test but we also know that they probably won't take us as as mugs either because of the start we have had it's it's at the valley which our form up to last week has been pretty incredible so I think that yeah as you say it's going to be a it's an important game on Saturday regardless of if it's Wigan away or or whatever it still holds that same importance as as Leeds at home or Swansea at home Mm. in my eyes because it's a, it's that reaction. It shows now how we cope with losing because we haven't had to cope with coming off the back of a defeat since Good Friday, uh, and that's it's going to be a tough test for the players. So we'll, there'll be a physical side, no doubt. They they set up pretty defensively. Paul Cook is a, is an experienced manager, so he'll he'll set them up to frustrate us, no doubt. And it's going to be a tough game. So we want to go out there, pinch the three points, and and head into that Leeds game next Saturday with a with a positive mentality, thinking that. You know, we might shock a couple of headlines, but I don't. I don't think that it would be a shock victory if we were to beat them next week here. Yeah. Right. Um, looking ahead to that game at Wigan, uh, obviously we want to know what the state of the squad is. Um, Lee Bayer gave us some uh, updates on fitness, and it starts off with some bad news uh, for midfielder George Lapsley. Um, George Lapsley um, hurt his hamstring on Tuesday, so he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Um, Pierce has got a little bit of tightness, but he'll it, be okay. He won't train today, but he'll be okay for tomorrow. So, apart from that, everybody else is okay. Um, the big one, obviously, Lyle Taylor. Any, any... Uh, he's just going to be out for a, 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 for a while. 
don't know exactly how long. It's obviously got to wear that brace now for a few weeks. Uh, and then we'll know more once he comes out of it. How much longer he'll be. Obviously, we play a, a big part of the team, like Lyle. Like, does he, he comes in every day and he's still part of the group? He's still involved? Mm, not at the moment. Um, he was obviously there for the team photo the other day, but uh, it, <coughs> there's no benefit from him coming in. He's got that brace, he's got a rest. So there's no benefit from, from bringing him in. He can't drive. So it's it's not not worth bringing him in every day just to do nothing um, it'll come a period maybe in a couple of weeks time that then he starts coming in and and doing stuff but at the moment he, he can't do nothing physically so um, so yeah no, I've told him to start away and uh, longer term I think you said before you don't want to speak about Lewis Page is, is still the way out yeah Lewis is Lewis is now in a boot um, for his Achilles, so don't know when he's going to be back. There we go then. So, I mean, first of all, it was bad news for, for, for Lapsley, um, and uh, he'll get the time to recover. Probably not would have been involved Saturday. So, obviously, the, the main attention there is on Lyle Taylor now. You know, the, the figures being bandied around at the moment are sort of eight to ten weeks. He had a similar injury to it, well, the same injury as, as to what Patrick Bauer had uh, last season. I think he ended up missing, what, seven, eight games, possibly even more. So, you know, it's going to be a while for Lyle, and it's going to be weird for him because, obviously, he's um, he can't even come to training by the sounds of it. He just can't move around, so he's literally just got to sit at home. <laughs> no, and that's probably going to frustrate the hell out of him because he's... He, he likes to be in and around the place, doesn't he? He's a he's obviously a bit of a bit of a character around the dressing room as well, and and we know just how important he is to us on the field as as he is off it. So it's going to be a huge miss. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, as we've said, we've we've got to learn to live without him at times. As we can't pin our entire hopes on on one man. We're not a one man side, you know. We've got unbelievably talented players in that eleven, and they'll have to learn to cope without him. Of course, that firepower is something we are going to miss, and that clinical finishing we're going to miss too. But We've got you know we've got such creative players that are going to hopefully be putting putting chances on plates for the likes of Chucks and Ek, Tommy Hemed and and Johnny Lecco as well. That it's going to be it's going to be just fine. Um, and I don't know, eight to ten weeks is a is a really long time, isn't it? And, and I'm, I'm gutted for him on a personal level because of what he does in October as well. If he's going to miss, not be able to sort of promote that as much on the pitch as he'd like to, it's, mm. it's going to be it's really gutting for him. But let's hope it's a speedy recovery. And you know sometimes these things get better quicker than, than first quoted so yeah. just keep our fingers crossed I mean, how do you think that will affect now his potential move in January so he'll be back in time for January but you know if 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 those figures being said are correct but you know he won't have played for a while will he come back will it take a couple of weeks to get back up to speed will players will, will teams wonder if he's not quite the player he was before his injury because a lot of people or will they not take the risk or will they you know it, it could make things a little bit more interesting for January maybe it isn't quite as cut and dry as we as we thought it was originally yeah potentially and and I think I don't know if you know everybody's seen it but the the interview with Steve Gallen where he talks about Lyle Taylor and and about how they're sort of going back and forth. We're trying to get a contract sorted for him. They hope they can find a bit of common ground, whether that, that changes his mind a little bit there as well. If we look after him during this period and, and something's not going to not gonna arise in January that's going to lure him away, I, I imagine he still will have his suitors because you don't you don't come up from League One and, and hit the ground running like he has and, and not have people sniffing around because 
you know every every club wants a you know a twenty goal a season striker, and Lyle Taylor is just that. Um, so I'm hoping that well, who knows? It's it's one of them, isn't it? It's going to be down to Lyle, I think, with his with how he looks at it for his own career, his own progression, whether he he looks at his age now and if he if he feels like he needs to make that big move now to secure himself financially a little bit going forward as he gets towards sort of the middle middle to end of his career then that's something he'll have to do but i'd like to think that he's got on um, you know he's got a lot more business to do to be done here because we're a club that's moving forward on the pitch and i think that he's a massive part of that and it'd be a real shame to see him to see him go now lewis page uh, you got to feel so sorry for Page. He again, got injured in pre-season and now he's he's in a boot himself now for his Achilles. I mean, he, he, I've never known a player to have such bad luck apart from maybe Corey Gibbs, the infamous <laughs> Corey Gibbs from back in the day with, with injuries because, I mean, he, he dismisses so so much football and it must be so frustrating because we've seen when, when he is fit and when he's playing, he can be a real asset down that left-hand side for us, but it's, it's just not happening for him at the moment. He must be so annoyed. Oh, it's just I'm so frustrated for him because, as you say, there we've seen what he's about, we've seen what he can do. You know, we will all remember that mass, that goal he scored against Plymouth in in Bo's first game in charge, which was an absolute belter. And and he's impressive. His defensive qualities improved a lot uh, in the games that he featured last season, before, up to before he got injured. And, and we know what he's like going forward. So it's another it's another knockback for Lewis. And I do feel really sorry for him. And I do wonder where that leaves his his career with us. I imagine he's only he's only got what this season to run on his contract. So with Ben coming in as well, he's he's performing and making that left back position his own. So it's becoming increasingly difficult for Lewis Page to to sort of hold down a, a place here and through no fault of his own really, just mm. just tough luck with injuries. But you know, it's it's not written off yet. Let's hope that he can he can get fit and and he can he can get better over the coming months and, and maybe kick on in the new year and sort of work. You know, he's got to play, he's gonna have to play for a deal at the end of the day. So yeah. you know, he's a he comes across as a really nice bloke every time he's come up on the commentary he's really into it and he's into what Charlton are about so I'd like to think that he'll come back in he'll get his chance to earn his deal and, and we'll go from there but yeah really frustrating It sounds, uh, it sounds like there's a slight knock on, on Jason Pierce as well so he might be a bit of a doubt for Saturday I mean it sounds like it should be okay but if not Naby Sarr coming, coming back in with Lockie I don't think we've seen those two uh, play together too often so far I think Nabs hasn't really featured for a few weeks now So, but you know you feel like someone Tended to be a reliable deputy last season, obviously got a good run in the team, perhaps has looked a little bit out of place or a little bit nervous at times this season. So it'll be interesting to see if Nabs is, is called upon, if he'll be able to sort of step up to the challenge up at Wigan. Yeah, and I think he will. I think as we've come up to this division, I think maybe it was a little bit like a rabbit in the headlights a bit when that first game um, looked a little bit off it. We changed our system uh, and we obviously got reinforcements in, in that time. So we were able to change to our sort of traditional diamond formation and we only needed the one of Piercy and Nabs and Piercy was the one that they they thought suited better for now but like you say he's, a, he's more than capable as a deputy and, and also if he does he does get in there and he starts getting a decent run in the team why can't he have a repeater last season and stay in there so I I really like Nabi Sarr and I, I think that he's come on leaps and bounds and, and we saw that last season and I like to think that he's he's got a bit of a chance here this season as well I'm sure he has but it's just like you say that system where you've got two quality left-sided centre-halves in, in Navi Sarr and Jason Pierce. you can only pick the one of them Pearcey has got that experience and that leadership qualities that you probably do need in this division that's probably something that, that Navi hasn't got so Pearcey's going to edge it at the moment but if he isn't fit at least we've got Navi to call upon as a as a more than capable uh, deputy. Right, a quick break here on Charlton Live. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's John. Yes! Yes! Oh, it's gone. Oh, Patrick Barr. So welcome back, this is Charlton Live, the big match preview coming to you live on your Thursday evening or via the podcast afterwards. Don't forget if you want to download our show automatically to your phone or device twice a week, uh, just hit subscribe uh, in your podcast app, the Acast app or the iTunes podcast app or any other app where you can listen to us. Uh, you get your show downloaded automatically twice and then you don't have to faff around, which is excellent news for everyone. Right, um, obviously as we know we're going to be without Lyle Taylor. Uh, for the next couple of weeks or longer than that actually I think I've been a bit optimistic <laughs> when I said a couple of weeks or a bit casual there um, so Bowie was asked today about how he thinks we'll cope without his main man he says he still thinks that we'll be fine uh, I thought our two up top done well the weekend I thought Leco at times complicated things but I've spoken to him about that and and, and Tamo is, is just getting his fitness up so that'll work it will work I know but Tammy's a very good player he's an international so he's going to bring us something different to what Lowell brings us and, and Leko's that player that can make something out of nothing so for sure I still believe that it's going to work nothing, nothing's going to change um, we're still going to create chances we still did create chances but um, we didn't take them Saturday so hopefully we, we do take them this weekend. So I guess the, the the first thing to talk about there is the fact that, you know, Tommy Hemed, we haven't seen much of him yet. And obviously that was his first his first start Saturday. I wasn't overly impressed with with, with, uh, with, with what happened, but it, it's probably way too early to judge. And he did, you know, look, look to try and hold the ball up at times. He, didn't really, it didn't really always come off for him, in my opinion. But, you know, we've, we've got to give him a, a bit more of a chance. Yeah, definitely. You know, these things take time. We've seen it before with with strikers that have come in and, and not quite hit the ground running, and then they and then they've kicked on. So we know that he's capable of doing it at this level. He he had some unbelievable times here with uh, when he was at Brighton in the Championship. He he performed extremely well. He scored a hatful of goals last year for uh, for QPR while he was on loan as well. So we know he can do it at this level. It's just about coming into a new team and and learning you know how your teammates play and the system that we 
that we play off of and it's there's there's work there to be done and, and he's a professional and he's gonna have to he's gonna have to get his head down and, and work hard and, and start firing because Chucks is there sort of on his tail and if he wants to keep his space in the team he's he's gotta work that little bit harder and, and, and hit the ground running a bit more. But in terms of his play I mean, with Birmingham, like you say, I, I wasn't overly impressed. I I thought that he would be that big hold up player that would keep hold of the ball and find channels for, for Leco to run into and, and feed him. But I just felt like he was muscled a little bit and, and looked a little bit a little bit weak. I was actually quite surprised the amount of times he got knocked off the ball. Uh, so maybe that's something he's got to work on. Uh, but we'll see. It's it's early days uh, for Tommy. We know that he's he's capable at this level, which might just take a little bit of time for him to get firing. But let's hope that you know this weekend will be the perfect opportunity. And obviously, you got to talk about what sort of partnership he's going to end up playing in, depending on exactly what sort of formation we're going to go for. But I mean, if he is playing in the two, do you think he could have Leko alongside him? Could could you push Williams further forward or Zuma? Could he play further forward? Obviously, there's Chucks and Nikkei as well. So there are options there. It's just just trying to find that right balance and the formation that suits. Will we play with a sort of a one and two behind or, or two and one behind? There's there's a few little options, and I guess Bale would have been working hard this week to decide which one would be his best one. Yeah, definitely, and I th- I think you raise a really interesting point actually about about Williams and 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 Ostimer as well is whether you can stick them in the same side because you probably could push uh, Johnny Williams that bit further forward. I'd probably have him up there with with Leco because I think that I at the moment I couldn't take Leco out of that eleven because I just think he brings he just brings a lot. He brings unpredictability and has people on their toes all the time and like you say sometimes he's a bit frustrating he's he's sort of take on too many people or will try one too many touches but apart from that sometimes some of the spaces he gets into and and the pace that he's got is is pretty scary for a for an opposition defense so if you had him in there you could you push Johnny Williams further forward I'd probably and then you could maybe stick uh Ostimer just behind I've been quite impressed with Ostimer um when he's come in he's, he's shown real glimpses of of what sort of player he can be I thought he was maybe bullied a little bit against Birmingham, but certainly in that Forest game uh, and some spells last Saturday, I was really impressed with his overall play and some of the balls that he finds like and the passes that he plays are so clever and just the little flicks are little things that maybe go amiss. There was one move last week where there was that little dummy and he let it run through yeah. and just little things like that, little bits of clever play which would really benefit the likes of, of Johnny Williams and Jonathan Lecco. So I think... There's there's a case there to be made as whether you can play Williams and Ostimer in the same eleven, and I think if you push Johnny Williams a bit further forward, you probably could. Yeah, I mean, because Chucks has been talking about, um, Bay was, was was talking about how Chucks is more of a ten for him as well. So if you do push one of those two forward, I mean, I've been I've been impressed with Chucks and Nico. It's funny enough, I was chatting to a Charlton fan last night at this uh, trust event we're at, and he was sort of saying, oh, "I'm not sure," but I think I said it. I think Chucks too performances where they where he's been a little bit off the boil they've both come at home mm. so I do wonder if that might just sort of colour the way that people think about him because I, I think I think he's certainly got something to offer now if it, if it is in a slightly different position to, to obviously what Lyle Taylor does then then it then so be it but I still think he can create chances he can run with a ball he can he, he, again he can just bring something slightly different yeah I couldn't agree with you more I've I've been I've been really impressed with Chucks and EK I thought that when he came on against Stoke, he looked he looked dangerous. It's the strength that he has. It's a completely different element to what we have in our play. He looked off it against Forrest, but then he missed the following game after that due to illness. So you have to think maybe that might have played a part in his performance there. When he came off the bench at Reading, he was unplayable. So there's a lot to be said about Chucks and EK. He's, he's come in. You've got to remember, he's made the jump up two divisions as well. Um, so it's, it's a big step for him. He's still only quite young as well. And... I'm I'm excited I'm excited for what he can potentially turn into this season under Lee Bowyer because 
he's got so many elements about him that uh, you know he play if he plays to his strengths then it it won't just benefit him but it will also benefit us as a squad because the the way he brings people into play the way he shoulders off the last defender the way he's just he's just got an upper body strength that I don't think I've seen a player down here for a while have for a long time like he's mm. he's got a completely different uh, element to him that I've not seen and I think I think it'd be play really useful especially in this division where we're going to come up against some really tough physical defences probably you know Saturday being a prime example that he's he's an important player to have in the building and with Lyle out it, it gives him another option to sneak into that into that team probably not in the in like the number nine as, as Bose has come out and said this week but if you're pushing a Williams forward or an or an Ostema, then it does leave that number ten spot up for for Began, and I, I'd have no hesitation in sticking Chucks in there. But I actually, I think that he would, he can still do a job yeah. up there in Lyle Taylor's position. I think that he's got he's got that in his locker. He scored a lot of goals last season for MK, and he, and he's he's a good finisher. So why not? But I think as you know, his strengths in terms of in terms of that, if you're using that as his as his main his main sort of his strength in the game, I think you'd have him in as a number 10 and you'd push the the sort of the less physical players a bit further forward I guess one player we haven't even mentioned that of course is McCauley Bond I mean do, do you think we're going to see a Bond chance over the next few weeks I mean Bowie's always sort of talking about how he's not really ready we've only, we've only seen him off the bench against Barnsley where he was okay without being spectacular um, I mean now, now he there is more scope for him to get a chance do you reckon we will see more of him this time um, over the next few weeks I'd like to see McCauley Bond get a chance um I've, I haven't seen a huge amount of him. I thought pre-season he showed a few glimpses, but again, it's it's a huge step up for him coming from from the conference. It's it's a case of whether we, we get into a game and we're we're sort of fairly comfortable. Maybe we want to bring him on. You know, if we're firing and we're having a second half like we did at Reading, for example, and we think, well, maybe we can bring we can bring McCauley on and he can get his toe on the end of on the end of something and get a goal, or he can get in behind the last man and, and sneak a goal, then. Maybe that's where we'll see him in that sort of role. In terms of starting or coming on as an impact, I don't really see it at the moment. But he's still young and, and we bought him as a bit of a project player. It's, it's not going to happen overnight. So maybe he just needs a couple of those chances, those little cameo appearances when we're when we're looking fairly comfortable and confident to, to get him on there and see if he can make a bit of a chance for himself. Because as soon as he gets firing and makes a bit of a name for himself, then he creates a case of why he should maybe be getting a little bit closer to the starting eleven. But at the moment, I, there's not a huge amount of a case there for me to have him sort of around that starting eleven area. I think mm. it's it's a case that around the match day 18, it can only benefit being around players like Chucks and Ek, like Tom Hemed, who, who have been in the game for a bit longer than him. And I think that's... It's it's all positive for McCauley. I think he's just got to be patient. Yeah, right. I put it out there to uh, the listeners to find out who they'd uh, like to play up front at Wigan on Saturday. Bill Greenall uh, straight in there with Ronaldo. Um, okay. I'm, not, I'm not sure you know how this game works, Bill. You can't just name anyone. Well, no, and I like we get the fat Brazilian one, wouldn't we? So <laughs> still uh, do a job. Yeah, Tony out in Spain would like to see Leco and Williams up top with Otsuma just behind. Uh, and if it's not working, then bring on Chucks at half time. But whatever Lord Boya decides will be the perfect option. Richard Franklin would like to see him. Uh, on uh, Bob Liscombe says greetings from Grand Canaria for me Hemed and an EK up top with Williams behind a good opportunity to get these three ready for when Lyle Taylor departs uh, and Lawrence would like to see a Nikkei as well so a bit of a mixture there of, of, of who people would like to see I like the sound of yeah if an EK could play maybe just just off Hemed and then get Williams in behind as well let's see see what uh, see what how it works on uh, on Saturday. Now, Green uh, EP44 <laughs> tweeted in, it's nice to see that Lee Boyer got justice, fully deserved. Now, 
this is based on, of course, we know he got sent off against uh, Birmingham. So it, I don't think it, the red card has been overturned as such, but they've decided there will be no further action, so there will be no ban, which I, I have to admit, I've been watched the video a few times because I do find it quite funny. I was surprised. <laughs> I have to I, I'm surprised he didn't get a ban for that because you throw the ball at someone, you'd assume that you'd assume there was enough. If there's enough there for a red card, I, I can't understand, you know, the inconsistencies in the application of the rules there. Not that I'm moaning at all because mm. you know it's, I, it was hardly the crime of the century and it was a reaction to something pretty underhand that that, that Birmingham did. But so no further action. If that's the right decision, we surprised by that. Um, I was a little bit because Bayer seems to never get these decisions over time yeah, because true, he's Lee so, Bayer. So yeah. I was quite, yeah, I must say I was quite surprised. I couldn't really see the incident massively from where I was. So, you know, you see a ball being thrown back towards the opposition dugout. You can take it either way. Bayer says that he was throwing it back because it was their ball. I'll, I'll, I'll believe Lee Bayer. That's fine. <laughs> but it's very similar to um, when Teixeira threw the ball at Steve Morrison's head. Oh, but yeah. No one got sent off after the full-time whistle, but... Yeah, I think it probably is the right decision because it, it's something that you can't really determine. It's not like Bowyer ran over to their dugout and threw it in his face from two yards. He sort of threw it from the home dugout over to the away dugout. So he gave it a bit of well leave. He did give it a bit. But... Yeah, he just had to make sure it got there properly. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you, where it's not clear, like if it if it was malicious or not, you, you can't punish him for that because he could have been maybe just th- throwing it back sportingly because it was their ball. Who knows? Only Lee Bowyer knows that, but. It'd be it'd be important to have him in the dugout on Saturday. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think that makes much difference? I was trying to think like so. Last last season, he uh, after the game at uh, uh, Wimbledon where he got sent off, he ended up missing three games. And I'm just trying to think that the first one was against Doncaster, which we ended up drawing anyway. I remember mm. asking him afterwards, you know, do, do you feel it makes much of a difference to you if you're sat in the dugout or if you're if you're sat in the stand? And then. Uh, the other two games, we beat Portsmouth at home and we beat Burton at home. So it, it doesn't seem to make much of a difference. He's allowed to have a walkie-talkie anyway, but it doesn't, we're not going to have to find out now. But do you think it really yeah. would make much difference? Um, I don't know. I mean, you've got you've got coaches like like Johnny Jackson and, and you've got Andy Marshall down there who are pretty vocal in themselves and I'm sure that they they get the team firing. And, and as you say, Bowie's got the tools. If he wants to communicate with the bench, then he can. I was up in the... Um, up in the press area for that Burton game um, and Bose was up there with Brett the analyst so that was quite quite interesting to see how he how he does cope up there it was a really really cool insight mm. into how Lee Bowyer works on a match day and he got everything over to that and we won the game so it wasn't too bad <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Or I, th- I don't think it makes a huge difference but I think off off the back of our first defeat it'd be, it's important to have your main man in the dugout yeah. isn't it so. now talking to coaches uh, a new one's been appointed this week Grant Basie uh, obviously a former player here fullback wasn't he and um, been the kit man for the last couple of years has uh, been given a first team development job uh, coaching job so so the club are describing it as a link between the first team and the, and the academy so saying that a lot of clubs you see uh, you know the bigger clubs like Chelsea they'll have someone who's in charge of overseeing all the youngsters who go out on loan and stuff and and this one I think Basie's having a bit of that role in 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 in, in at the club but he's also sort of trying to bridge the gap between the academy and, and perhaps the players in the academy who who may be able to make the step up and just smooth things over so I mean for starters it's great news for Grant because obviously you know his career was cruelly cut short through injury and uh, he's been about the club over the last few years anyway as a kit man you watch him helping out with drills in in, in the warm-up anyway so he's sort of been doing a coaching job as well as his kit man stuff as well so it feels like uh, another sort of wise move from from Bayer that's happened over the last few weeks with the likes of uh, you know Gallon getting his job as well. Yeah I think it's brilliant news not just for not just for base but also for Charlton as a whole because as you say, he's going, to, he's going to bridge that gap between the between the sort of the twenty threes and the academy up to the first team. 
he's going to bring a wealth of experience on a personal level because of what he went through in his career with injuries and stuff like that at such a young age. So he's he's got like that mental strength and, and he's just going to teach out. We've got a very young squad and he's he's a very handy person to have around in terms of keeping the young players grounded, especially around in and around the 23s. You know, we saw a couple of impressive youngsters come through pre-season like, like uh, Brendan Waradu and, and Alfie Doughty, people like that, that he'd be able to work with uh, once they're back from, from their loans and, and we we know we're renowned for our academy and, and for the performance of our academy. So to have that someone that's going to sort of aid the process between the academy and and the first team and somebody who's done it himself and has experienced the highs and lows of professional football in such a short space of time can only benefit our our youngsters. And and I'm really happy for Base because he's he's always around the place. And you know I just go I've done a couple of commentary gigs and he's always just like chatty and friendly and like he's just he's just a normal bloke isn't he he's a, he's a really nice guy to have around so yeah I'm over I'm over the moon for him I think it's a it's a fantastic appointment for for him and, and for Charlton as a whole yeah and uh so obviously that left the kit man or the first team kit manager position vacant and that's been filled by Wayne Baldacino the uh who's currently the academy kit manager Baldacino definitely sounds like the sort of nickname <laughs> you'd give someone who's bald and drinks a lot of coffee yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say that we're gonna go for a Baldacino right let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live when we come back it will be time to start looking ahead uh to Saturday's trip up to Wigan Charlton to get it back to 2-2 two, two here. Lyle Taylor's already scored twice this season. Can he add a third from the penalty spot? The referee blows the whistle. It's a traditional slow run up from Lyle Taylor. A huge moment here at Oakwell. He gets up to the ball now. He hits it with his right foot and he scores! And Lyle Taylor gets his third goal of the season and bring the Addicts back onto level terms. It's Barcy 2, Charlton 2-2-2-2-2. Two, 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 two. Welcome back. This is Charlton Live. This is your big match preview. Looking ahead to Sunday, uh, Saturday's game uh, with Wigan Athletic up at the DW Stadium. Don't forget, we'll be back here on Sunday evening to look uh, look back at that game. So make sure you join us uh, to, to look back Sunday evening, 7 o'clock. Get involved. Email the show, studio at charltonlive.co.uk uh, after the match on Saturday and have your say on Sunday evening's show. Um, right, so Wigan. Uh, haven't been there for a couple of years. As I said, last time, we obviously, they, they came up from League One the year before we did. Uh, I remember going up there for the nil-nil after <laughs> just after Christmas. It was just, it was the first game after Katrine Mayer had left as well, and everyone's like, "Oh, excellent! The takeover's coming within the next couple of weeks." Then, and here we still are, <laughs> nearly two years later, and it still ain't it's happened. still coming. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, right. So uh, wanted to get hold of uh, someone, uh, a pie eater from Wigan, to find out how uh, the ticks have been getting on this season. I spoke to Alex Sawa. He's a Wigan Athletic supporter, uh, but he knows his stuff. Uh, and he admits it's been a pretty disappointing start to the season for Paul Cook's side. Yeah, it has. It's, it's been, I think, the frustrating thing for us is that we were hoping that after achieving our aim last season, which was really just consolidation and, and staying up, this season we could, you know, properly establish ourselves in the division. And, you know, we, the, we've got new owners in, of course, and, you know, they backed the manager in the summer. We spent, you know, not far off £10 million without selling a key player. And unfortunately, it's just not come off apart from that opening day win. You know, we've we've been, we've been awful at the back. It's been really frustrating in in terms of we've been unable to, you know, perhaps figure out what our best team is. And, and in front of goal, it's you know we've looked we've we've just not had that cutting edge that we'd have hoped for. Really, despite you know the money spent, I'm, I'm hoping it'll improve 
sooner rather than later. But definitely at the moment, it's been far, it's been disappointing and not what what I was hoping for. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the amount of money spent uh, in the summer, so I, I'm guessing that the fans were probably hoping there would be that improvement on on staying up last year. You know, you, you've established yourself in the championship again, but I guess you just haven't seen that at all. Yeah, exactly. It's, strange thing is for us is we, we have a better squad. On paper, we have a better squad, but our actual first team, our first 11, is weaker because we lost two two players that we lost um, for, for zero money um, were very important. Reese James went back to Chelsea. Of course, we had him on a season-long loan and and I don't think I'm exaggerating when I'm saying that, that he was one of the best players in the division, full stop. He was absolutely outstanding. And, and I'm absolutely certain that, you know, if you watch any of Chelsea later on this season, you're going to be seeing a lot of him. He's just a, a genuinely brilliant player. It almost kept us up single-handedly. And the other player that, that made such a big impact was Nick Powell, because he was our, I think he was our top scorer. And, um, of course, he went to Stoke um, on a free transfer and, we really just we have a weaker team, and as a result, you know, goals seem to have dried up. We've had a few injury problems. Josh Windass played that that opening game and played really well, and hasn't been seen since he's been injured. So that that has been a worry, and it's frustrating. It's just the fact that we signed a lot of players within the final week or two of the window, and, and Paul Cook's had to try and embed them in the team, and and he just hasn't managed to do it yet in terms of he doesn't know his best team yet. And he needs he's needed time on the training ground, and, and now we've had this international break. You know, we've come off a draw in our last game, and just hopefully now that, that we can kick on, perhaps starting on Saturday. Yeah, because that 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 game uh, last Saturday against Hull, obviously coming back to to get the point. Are you, are you hoping now that will sort of be the 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 result that gets you going again? Because other than that that win against Cardiff on the opening day, it's been pretty much all downhill. Yeah, it has. It's just been pretty much what it was last season in terms of our away form. Our, our away form is diabolical. It's as simple as that. It, it's gone beyond, you know, the players' abilities. It, it's it's a mental problem now. We can't win away from home. We've won, I think, two away games in you know since since last August. You know, one away win in, in over a year now. It would be which which is quite simply it's just, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? It's absolutely mm-hmm. horrific. And I'm just hoping, you know, Hull are no great shape. I look at Hull with, with all due respect to them, and I look at their team and the players they have, bar a couple of, of players like Bowen and Grzycki, who ironically both scored against us. You know, they're the kind of team we need to be finishing above, and we need to be beating if we want to stay up. And, and, and I'm worried about that. And, you know, I, I just hope that we have to keep our home form as well, good as it was last season, because that's what kept us up. You know, so probably for one home game, Leeds at home, we lost, we went down to 10 minutes early, and, you know, that's nothing to be ashamed of. But the, the worry was the last game before the international break, we drew against Barnsley, and Barnsley are another team that you look at and you think we need to be finishing above them. And they were far better than us, and they, they should have beaten us. You know, our goalkeeper was man of the match. So we, we have to find something from somewhere, and, and coming from behind away from home will, will be a confidence boost, and hopefully, you know, that'll lead us into the game on Saturday. So tell us about the manager, Paul Cook. Is he starting to feel the pressure a bit? I've seen some of his interviews over the course of the last couple of years and uh, he's not someone I'd quite like to be interviewing, to be honest, because he seems like he gives a little bit back to the uh, to the journalists. But, you know, is he under a bit of pressure now? Yeah, he is. He, to be fair, anyone that deals with Paul Cook says he's a great he's a great bloke. He's a great bloke and, and he's, you know, he's just banter. He gives out and he, he backs himself and he defends himself. But, yeah, he is under pressure, to be brutally honest. He is, because fans want to see his kick on. And the worry is whether we think the manager's out of his depth or whether he's doing as well as he can with the resources given to him. His target was to keep us up last season. 
and he did that, and that's all to his credit, you know. And there were plenty of calls for him to go last season. I, I can name two games which very much could have been if we'd have lost those games, he may have been sacked. And, and we, we won both of those games. I remember one was against Miller at home and we won the game 3-0 in January. And one game was, I remember, Bolton at home had just been smashed by Blackburn away. And it looked like, you know, we were we were in a relegation battle and it looked like, you know, we, there was no hope for us. And then we went and we beat Bolton 5-2 and, and that kept him going and we were able to, to go on a little run which kept us up. But with all this money spent, we were just hoping for some genuine improvement, improvement on performances, more attacking football perhaps. And it's just, it's not come off and fans are, are quite simply fed up of it. We're fed up of not winning away from home, which is, which is the big crux. And, and I just look at it and, and I just want us, I just want to see a sign that things are going to get better because I love Paul Cook. I'm, I'm very thankful for everything he's done for us since he's come in. He's, he's revitalised the club because I can't tell you how low things were when we went down to League One in um in 2017, I think it was, and, and he came in. We, we took him from Portsmouth, which was rightly, I think, considered a bit of a coup. He wanted to, to come back up north, and we won the league with almost 100 points. We beat Man City in the FA Cup, made it to the quarterfinals, and now in our second season, you know, we've established ourselves, you know, and stayed up in the championship, and, and it would be gusting to lose him. But we just feel, and, and I'm just a bit worried that, that lots more fans are starting to look at it now and that we need someone with more championship experience that can take us to the next level. I still hold out hope for Cook, but he needs a result and fast because you do get the feeling like we don't know what our new owners are thinking. We don't know whether they're thinking, you know, we, we can't afford relegation here and we might have to make a change. But he's on the edge, but I'm just hoping, like I say, that, that he can get some more positive results and that, you know, he sticks around. Mm. So looking ahead to Saturday, how do you see it going? Obviously, Charlton, we're just coming off the, the back of our first defeat of the season. We've had a very impressive start. Um, Wigan, obviously, perhaps maybe even seen a sign of improvement recently, but have, have had a difficult start to the season. How do you think it's going to go on Saturday? Well, I want to ask you, I want to ask you a question because this, this, will probably, this probably has merit in terms of my thoughts on the game. Is Lyle Taylor going to be available? No chance. He's not going to be. If Lyle Taylor isn't going to be available, then I'm far more confident because I think he's an outstanding player. I'm a yeah. big, big fan of his. He's um, he's one. He's someone that I wish we'd have signed down. You know, when he was at AFC Wimbledon, I think you know when you've got a striker that scores goals, it doesn't matter what division in you you're in, you've got a chance. Mm. And um, I think he's the reason. I think he's a big reason that you've done so well. I'm a big fan of the manager. I think he's worked miracles considering the situation you you lot are in off the pitch. I, I'm not going to go into that. You, you lot know far more about it than yeah. me but this is you know we, I think we've got an opportunity you know we'll fancy ourselves at home fans will look at it you know we'll look down our noses and we'll see oh newly promoted team at home we've got to be beating these but you know I'm, I'm realistic to know it's not going to be like that Charlton have made a fantastic start and maybe better than some of their fans would have would have maybe some, some of you would have expected but um, I'm I'm, I'm hoping, especially if Taylor isn't available, that we can maybe scrub out a 1-0 or something like that. But uh, I do think the first goal is going to be vital because the confidence you guys must have, it, it, it's one of those, if you do score first and the fans maybe start to turn inside the ground, that'll be a problem. And I'm sure you'll, you'll travel you'll travel in big numbers as well because of the feel-good factor around you guys at the moment. There we go, that was Alex, uh, Wigan fan, looking ahead to the game from a sort of Wigan point of view, very complimentary about Lyle Taylor uh, and about our travelling support, which is nice to hear. I mean, obviously, um, you, you can tell just by what Alex is saying there that Lyle Taylor's absence is automatically a psychological boost for, for other teams, isn't it? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, we all know 
how big of a character he is on the pitch and, and you know seeing that penalty run up and how much he can wind people up and that's an important trait to have I think in a team is someone that the opposition fans love to hate and he's someone that we love to love and that, that can benefit you if you wind up a home crowd enough. <laughs> Sometimes it can it can work in your favour. I mean, he mm. wasn't overly popular with the with the uh, Reading crowd a couple of weeks ago, so he's going to be a big miss. We know that, but you know, off the back of you know their start to the season has been has been pretty poor. They haven't haven't won since the opening day. So, I mean, they they've got a point to prove. They've got to start winning soon up at Wigan, or the way they're going to find themselves in a bit of a dogfight. So, they'd fancy their chances at home against us, I'm sure. But I think that. Off the back of a uh, off the back of a defeat, I think that we'll be we'll be fired up, and I think that it'll be a it'll be a real tough contest up there. I think it'll be a good game, and mm. I think I think that we'll probably just have enough to edge it. Yeah. Obviously, the home record. I mean, not this season their record anyway has not been great. Their only win was at home against Cardiff on the opening day. But last season, I mean, they had the best home record in the bottom eight. You know, they only lost four games at home all of last season, despite finishing 18. So. The, the DW Stadium is is a tough place to go. So it's such a strange atmosphere because obviously they don't feel it. You know, it's um, you know they've got passionate fans, but not many of them. It's it's a no. weird situation. It is a rugby town. People say about Wigan, but they they they, they just seem to have a bit of a a bit of a spell over the DW. They tend to do quite well there. Yeah, I mean they've, they've been a bit. Um, you know, obviously they've had the Premier League years and and their FA Cup victory of recent times, and they've sort of been up and down between League One and the Championship. And you know they're a club that. Have sort of grown quite a bit in terms of in terms of uh, fans and and actual size. They do they have developed as a football club. They've had Dave Whelan there as a chairman for a long time. They have new owners now, but he was there a long time. And it's you know it's a, it's a club. It's a it's a traditional club, isn't it? It's the people there are probably they live in Wigan and they support Wigan. So it's going to be. It's I've never been there, so I'm I'm quite looking forward to going there and, and seeing the place. It's not it's not a ground I've been to. I heard it has the best pies, which is all the more reason to to want to go up there. Yeah, a couple of players that they've got that uh, Bose admitted today that we, we would have liked to have have our eyes on in the summer if we had the money. I mean, Jamal Lowe joined from, from Portsmouth. I mean, he's one who impressed last season. You know, they've got these danger men. They've got Kiefer Moore as well, as yeah. as Alex mentioned. I mean, they've got, you know, even though they're sort of floating around bottom of the league, and it's, it's the same every week now. You play a championship team, they're going to have some good players in there who, who can surprise people on their day. Yeah, definitely. And, and as you've said there, Kiefer Moore and Jamal Lowe have got goals in them. They've got that uh, Gavin Massey who really uh, really impressed me when when we played against him in League One a few seasons ago. I think he caused us absolute murders on on the wing. So they've got they've got talented players. There's no doubt about that. They've obviously lost a couple of people in the summer. They've lost Nick Powell, who was important for them over quite a few seasons, and they they had a, a guy from Chelsea that was Reese James out on loan last mm-hmm. season as well, which was who really impressed up there. So they've had to replace him. So they you know they've. Every every game in this division is going to be a battle and it's going to be tough. We've had an incredible start and we, we're going to want to kick on and, and bounce back from Saturday. So we can we can go on about about opposition's strengths and how good their 11s are and stuff. But I think we've got one of the one of the best midfields in the in the league. So that that can work in our favour. I think that we're, we'll be difficult to manage and I think we'll have a game plan and I think we'll we'll frustrate them at their place and, and I'd fancy us to mm. to take them on the counter and. I think that it's going to be a it's going to be a really interesting game. Yeah, like Birmingham with uh, Jude Bellingham last week. Yeah, 
Uh, Wigan have got a 17-year-old who's come off the bench for his first game last week and scored in, in Joe Geldhart. So just hope that, that God, he doesn't yet. go on and get his second at the same uh, <laughs> uh, there. Right, uh, Elliot saying he wants to see Hemed up top with Williams and Otsuma uh, in behind him. Martin wants Anikan Hemed. He says it's going to be a, a physical game. Uh, Inner Space says, did someone say bouncing back? And they've got a, <laughs> a partridge gift there, uh, of course. Right, Lee Bayer um, looked ahead to the game himself. Um, as you always uh, would in the championship, he's expecting another difficult challenge. It's going to be tough. That he's got a good manager. He's experienced. He's got a, a good set of players that, that work hard for him. Um, they stayed in the division last season, and you can see why because they they, they try and, and, and they give everything. I'm sure that's what he demands. So it's going to be a physical game. I think it's going to be quite similar to the weekend, um, to, to the Birmingham game. I think it's going to be quite similar. So they play a similar way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. Oh, every game is tough. Like first again, the first goal was so important. So we, we have to be solid there. Kiefer Moore up top, very good player. Um, Jamal Lowe, very good player. Like two players that we played against last season and. And they both cause this problem. So, um, yeah, they've got players that can hurt you. Every team has players that can hurt you. But every team has strengths and weaknesses. And so do we. So we have to work hard and, and, and stop them when they're in possession and, and defend properly. And, and then once we get the ball, then we, we have to move the ball and, and, and try and create our own problems for them. So it's going to be a tough game. Every game is. Uh, Wigan, you just said, finished in the lower half of the league last season. At the start of the season, you were touted for relegation. Were there certain games you thought, when you're going away from home specifically, or especially that you targeted a point or three points, and once you go into every game thinking we want to take, take three points, because obviously the, the bigger teams is going to be a lot more difficult? Yeah, try and win every game. That's, that's the way we are, that's the way I am. I want to win every game, and I'm going to put a team out there to win every game. Um, some games ain't going to happen. Like on, on Saturday against Birmingham, I put a team out that was good enough to win the game. And I thought on a day, we could have won the game. But we didn't. That's the league. Like you, You're not going to win all the time. And you, there's going to be times that you draw when you think you should have won, like Forest. And then there's times that you probably thought, well, a draw would have been fair. Brentford. And we won. Like You just can't predict it. So the best thing to do, and what we will do every game, is try and win it. And... If we do lose, it won't be through lack of trying or lack of effort. So I know that with, with the group that we have. So as long as we keep doing that and we have that mentality, we'll pick up more points than, than we'll lose. And because you've been on a, on a great run at the start of the season, do you think teams now are starting to look up and take notice of you and be more aware of the way you play? Because obviously you've come up from, from League One and some teams managers might not be aware of you. So they seen how you've played you think they're, they're combating it now they're, and you're seen as a bit of a scout now or taken more seriously than them before no I think every team every manager will respect every team and every manager they should do um, I, I don't think that's the case I think teams would have seen us in the playoff final because it was obviously a big event and see how well we played um, I don't think anyone will underestimate anyone. I think we will surprise teams because watching it on the telly and seeing it live is a bit different. Um, 
So I don't think anyone will underestimate us. I just think that once the, the, the we're playing against them, then we're surprised and we've, we've how good we are, I think. So there we go. That's Lee Bowyer looking ahead to Saturday's team uh, game up at Wigan. Um, sort of saying about how he thinks his team have been surprising people over the course of the season with, with quite how good we have played uh, which is nice to see one man who won't be surprised is Charlie Mulgrew uh, Wigan <laughs> defender who's already played against us this season he played for Blackburn on the opening day of the season and he loved playing against us so so much that he's gone and signed for Wigan so he can play play against us again hopefully the uh-huh. same result um, yeah uh, we talk, we've talked about the importance of bouncing back in, in the words of Alan, Alan Partridge and he said Alan Partridge there probably the sort of thing he'd say as well um <laughs> But you know, Bose has got to find find something within his team to make sure that they're not too down. He's been talking about, like, say, the performance against against Birmingham, picking the positives, and uh, he's got to find that that right mixture to make sure that we can go up to Wigan and, and and play our game. You know, not 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 be knocked back by by one defeat. No, exactly. There's been so many positives to take from this season so far that we can, I'm sure we can muster them together and, and get something out of the game on Saturday. With one defeat is. It's one defeat. It's not a lot, is it? Really, when we thought about one too many, one too many, exactly. <laughs> but when we when we looked at how that you know that first preview show before we were going up to Blackburn and we had a bit of a threadbare squad, very similar to last season when we were heading up to Sunderland and we were all thinking the worst. And it's a similar feeling now. We we are we are overachieving. There's no there's no doubt about that. Bo has admitted that many a time that the the uh, the realistic target is to stay in the division and that remains the target until we hit the the 40 points or whatever it's going to take to keep us in the championship and then maybe we look on from there so we've the the pressure's not off as such but I think that we haven't got to start worrying too much but I, but I also feel that we've got the character and and the mental strength to bounce back off of off of one defeat that defeat came at home which was completely uncharacteristic and we probably on the whole didn't really deserve to lose the game it's not like we played atrociously and we got to try and pull the players out of the gutter because they were terrible. That wasn't the case. It's just that we didn't take our chances, and and Birmingham capitalised on one on one decent effort with Jude Bellingham, and 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 that was that. So I think that we're more than capable of bouncing back, as we as we've said numerous times. And, and I think that it would be a tough test, of course. But you know, if what manager better than Lee Bowyer is going to motivate your players to go and get uh, a how result? Do, how do you think we approach the game then? So you look at the sort of performances we put in away from home at, say, Blackburn, a very you know drilled defensive performance. Then looking to hit them on the counter. We're in, is, this is a Wigan team that they ain't scoring many goals at the moment. They've only scored six. They're conceding a lot of goals. No one's conceded more than them in the Championship, other than Stoke. Uh, we're going to have conceded thirteen. So. Mm. Do we go out there? Do we go out there to attack like like perhaps we did in the second half at Reading? I mean, even the first half at Reading, we had to sort of sit on the back foot for a while, mainly because Reading played quite well in that first half. But you know, is is this a game where we go up we go up there to frustrate, or is this a game we go up there to get our flair players in the game and put them on the back foot because they must be low in confidence with the amount of goals they concede at the moment? Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think we've got to go out there and show them what we're about. I, I think we've we've got the talent in the squad to show you know we've got those flair players and we've and we've got those creative players to to cause Wigan some serious headaches and I think that that is our strength and we've got to go up there and use that and as you've said there they, they're conceding a lot of goals and we create plenty of chances it's just that with Lyle out the side can we be as clinical I know that we a stat a couple of weeks ago there's that we was that we had the we sort of had the least amount of shots but we were still the conversion rate was quite high so whether that's still the case now after last week because we did we did you know fluff a couple of chances but 
we create a lot. We've got those players that are capable of of making something out of nothing, like a Johnny Williams that we, you know, we saw up at, um, uh, saw here against Brentford when we were when we were up against the ropes, and we've got the like, you know, Connor Gallagher, who's a goal scoring midfielder and who's really thriving at the moment in a Charlton shirt. Aaron Ostermer, who we we yet to see a bit more of, but has potential. We know that he can score goals in hatfuls of goals because he has done it for Walsall and. He's another creative player that can make something out. And I think Tom Hemez done it at this level before and we're starting to see real signs of what Jonathan Lecco is about. So we've got to go out there and we've got to stick to our guns and we know that we know that the attacking and the flair that we that we possess is our strength. And I think we've got to go out there and show that off and why not play with no fear. Yeah, so what, what, how do you see it going then? What's your prediction? We'll put you on the spot. Ooh, uh, I'm going to go 2 0 Charlton. Lovely stuff. And you're up there, you're doing the old cons? I am, yeah, yeah, on Valley Pass. We're stubbers, yeah. Excellent stuff. Right, come to the end of uh, Charlton Live, the big match preview for this week. I hope everyone who's going up to Wigan has an absolutely uh, wonderful day. Make sure you enjoy it. Uh, I think 800 or or so tickets sold already, so hopefully maybe even with walk-ups we might even get close to 1,000, so that would be excellent. Um, Don't forget as well to... The Fulham tickets, I think, are pretty much sold out now. But therefore, the boat tickets, you need to get onto onto gym at CFC Gym as soon as possible to make sure if you're going to go on that boat that you can get your your Fulham boat ticket as well. So uh, I don't, it might even be too late already. But make sure you get on that if you manage to secure uh, your ticket for the uh, Fulham game. Right, we have, uh, as I said, come uh, to the end of the show. Hope everyone going up to Wigan has a great day. Hope you've enjoyed this evening's show as well. Don't forget back here on Sunday evening. Then myself, uh, hopefully Lewis and and probably Benji as well to look back at whatever happens uh, against. Wigan. Hopefully it'll be three more points for Charlton as we get back to winning ways uh, in the Championship. I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening and we shall see you on Sunday. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.